Hello and welcome to the Workplace Experience Podcast, proudly brought to you by Workplace Services Australia, your leading workplace strategy, change management and workplace services partner. My name is Bly Williams. I'm a senior flexible workplace services strategist at Workplace Services Australia. This is the second episode of the Workplace Experience Podcast. For anyone who missed the first episode, it provided an overview to the variety of subjects that we will be discussing in the changing world of the workplace. I would encourage you to catch up on episode one as it provides a great insight into the depth and breadth of the topics of the upcoming episodes. We are aware that our listeners' time is very valuable, so our podcast episodes will be between 10 and 13 minutes, a couple of times a week, and then weekly once we begin the one-on-one interviews and panel focus groups, both in person and virtually. Today we'll be focusing on the importance of the workplace strategy and how it will contribute to the return of employees to the office while the COVID curve flattens during hotspot times and how the strategy will contribute to determining the office requirements in the new norm. So now all you need to do is sit back and relax and enjoy episode two. Your workplace strategy should always be completed by an experienced workplace strategist. These subject matter experts are experienced in working with a number of clients who often face the same challenges. Your strategist will provide the necessary independent advice on the needs of all groups within your organisation. This third party advisory can often assist in communicating findings to occupants who may have preconceived ideas of what their needs actually should be. They will not be compromised by aesthetics, winning industry awards of recognition or financial gain by transacting a commitment to a larger portion of commercial real estate. I can hear the oohs now. Often some of our discussions may be somewhat controversial, much like the theories of what comes first, the chicken or the egg. So what does come first, the workplace strategy or the RFI to go to market? The old school tenant advisors and leasing agents will say the RFI comes first. As historically, these professionals have always used rough rules of thumb, such as one person for every 13 square metres, to determine the amount of space an organisation needs. Well, all I have to say to this is that this is a recipe for disaster. There are a number of reasons that makes this crude method of assessment fail. We do not know how employees attend the office, even prior to COVID, what different teams need in terms of meeting and collaborative spaces, co-location demands between the various teams within the business, and all of these factors are basically overlooked using this broad brush metric approach. Often the workforce is far more mobile than senior management would like to believe, and as a result, organisations are paying for seriously underutilised space. In early 2020, WSA completed a workplace strategy project for an organisation in Sydney that was occupying 7,000 square metres. The findings of the strategy found that they could actually reduce their real estate footprint by 40%, their total number of workstations by 55%, and 1,000 square metres of new bid and project space, which could then be incorporated within the reduced new workplace footprint. So, in this new world, engagement with staff and truly understanding their needs and their concerns 
and specifically now post-COVID, is critical. Prior to the COVID-19 outbreak, there was often a disconnect between the concerns of individual contributors and management of both people and at a senior leadership level. A comprehensive workplace strategy should also include an all-staff survey to understand what the organisation likes and does not like in their current workplace, but also what they believe they need in the new workplace solution. Do not be afraid of the negative feedback. It's important as the occupants that reply have a real interest in their workplace. And I also recommend that these respondents provide you with the basis to consider the formation of your focus groups, your change champions and your move champions. All of these roles are going to be important at different stages during your workplace project. As part of the workplace strategy, the formation of focus groups should not be overlooked. The focus group should consist of between 5 and 10% of the total occupants that will be impacted by the proposed workplace project. They should represent a cross-section of the employees, both engaged and the resistant, from a variety of business units and at a varying level of seniority. Our clients often do not want to wish to invest in having their employees tied up in non-generating revenue activities for a day and a half or two days. However, this cost can be insignificant compared to the cost savings that can be delivered year on year under a new lease. How your space is used, I would suggest is one of the most important takeaways that form the cornerstone of the workplace strategy. Here at WSA, we use ethnographic utilisation, where we measure not just how often the space is used, but how it is used. This is something that electronic sensors cannot provide detail on and supplies robust findings when challenged by the business on which areas of the workplace are highly utilised or underutilised. Working with the leaders within an organisation allows independent eyes to collate and assess the business requirements for all parts of the organisation. It certainly identifies the difference between a need and a want. The qualitative findings here can then be compared and confirmed against the quantitative utilisation findings just as one means of cross-reference. Headcount trends is also very important, particularly for both full-time employees and contractors, plus their patterns of attending the office. Often part-time employees cannot share space as they attend the office on the same day, while in other cases, short-term projects can create space shortages with often contractor headcount being disguised within the business's P&L and not on the traditional HR reports. The workplace strategy should also complete detailed post-code analysis. The first analysis should be for employees. This is essential to ensure that the relocation does not provide an excessive burden in terms of time and cost to more than the smallest minority of your occupants. It also needs to closely assess who is affected and what the fallout may be if specialist resources are lost as a consequence of the relocation. The collection and review of this data forms part of the assessment of the two P's out of the people, place and process principle. The workplace strategy report should also include a review of the third P, 
the process. Moving locations and more importantly, the functional shift in the physical built environment from what I could often refer to as working in the Flintstones to working with the Jetsons will be in most cases the most significant influence on the way people work and where they are working. Often we assess storage requirements of documents and or product and collateral. This needs to be assessed on the needs of today if no change was to occur or what would be the final footprint with more regular review and management of these holdings to keep the storage requirements both on and off site to an absolute minimum. This particular issue will be discussed further and in a lot more detail in our later podcasts when we chat about the move readiness activities and document management. The principles are the same as well for clients who hold large volumes of products or samples on site. Often the introduction of a library or a Wii space helps reduce the lineal meterage of space required on site, which can significantly reduce the amount of space that can then be used for more efficient and effective and valuable activities. Once these activities have been completed and the findings have been summarised, the workplace strategy report can start to be prepared with the final recommendations. This should include, but not be limited to, identifying the final amount of real estate required, what the preferred location of that real estate should be, the proposed occupancy plan to maximise individual and team collaboration, the impact on employees on the travel to and from the office and to client sites, and the cost or cost savings of that travel to the client sites from the new location, car parking and other transport challenges and solutions, and also the way people work and how this may change, such as improved e-workflows, improved AV and collaborative tools. The strategy should also include a risk assessment and identify the proposed risks and how they can be minimised by the implementation of the particular strategy. There should also be a review of the alignment of the findings of the strategy and its recommendations to the initial preferred objectives set out by the senior leadership team at the commencement of the engagement and where the gaps may be and how they can be reduced or ideally eliminated. Remember, these findings will provide the most robust shopping list of requirements for your tenant advisor or your leasing agent and will also provide the basis for your workplace design scope. So, as you can see, the workplace strategy and its findings by using both quantitative and qualitative methods will certainly provide a more robust and sustainable set of requirements than an average square metre allowance of space per occupier, which has been the traditional approach of many tenant reps and leasing agents. So we have now completed the workplace strategy discussion. So remember, if you are an occupier, a CRE leader, facilities manager, architect, or interior designer, the work of the workplace strategist will make you look like a superstar. Thank you for joining us for episode two. Please see the show notes below and leave us some feedback or subscribe. The way it is today, Wednesday the 10th of February 2021. 
This has been the Work Experience Podcast, episode number two. I am Bly Williams, and thank you for joining us. The Workplace Experience Podcast has been brought to you by Workplace Services Australia. Please visit us at wsagroup.com.au. Thank you.